Our soul, it, God made us in such a way we can break out of our soul's depression and the gloom that tries to come upon us by just breaking out. And some of us might just say, have to say, God, will you forgive me for holding back my praise? We're supposed to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our might and strength. But we're human. He understands what we're going through. But that's why he gives us the word of God and different things that we can do to break us ourselves out of just the routine and out of discouragement. I tell you, it's not going to get any better out there. The news is not going to get any better. And if it is going to get better, they're not going to report it to us because it's not sensational. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, sell the commercials that they're using you know, to, to get, have their airtime. But we have to just create an atmosphere over ourselves and just create that atmosphere of worship and thanksgiving to God. God, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing in my life, but I know you're good. You might have to go back to the, the one moment in your life that you feel like you know God spoke to you, you know when you accepted Jesus it was real, and sometimes we go for a long time when we don't feel or don't sense anything. Hang on to what God has given you. He's given you an incredible faith, but he wants to breathe on it. He wants to stretch it. He wants to encourage it. He wants it to be lifted up in your life because your faith is going to take you all the way through your life. You know, I wrote a couple things down, kind of called this the appetizer before I do my message today. It's about the peace of Jesus. And with all the news and things going on, another shooting yesterday, you know, our peace is constantly being assaulted and robbed. But Jesus said in John 14, 27, he gave us a promise. He said, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. And Oswald Chambers said this about peace. There are times when your peace is based upon ignorance. But when we awaken to the facts of life, inner peace is impossible unless it is received from Jesus. Again, we can find substitutes of peace with different things. We can uh, you know, try to alleviate it or anesthetize it. But peace comes from Jesus Christ. Looking at, thinking about, worrying over whatever is taking, peace will not allow peace from Jesus to keep you. When you have something stealing your peace, you have to appropriate that peace from Jesus. He's right there, but you have to take steps to appropriate it into the situation that you're in. I had a situation this week, and I'm thinking, yeah, this is what you say, but it's not giving me peace. And I literally had to say, God, Jesus, you said that you would keep me in perfect peace. And after I, I had read this and I appropriated it, the peace of God came in this place where I was feeling agitated and fearful. In Isaiah 26, 3, we have this scripture that can help us. You, Lord, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Again, we can only worry about one thing at a time. And so when fears or worries or, or concerns about needs or something comes to you, you've got to change your focus. You've got to bring it to the Lord in prayer and then say, Lord Jesus, give me peace in this situation. God, speak to my heart about whatever is going on. Jesus, I can't live under this fear and anxiety about what I'm facing or what news I'm dealing with. But Lord, let your peace take over in my mind. Let your peace take over in this, that secure thoughts that I have. God has given us faith as a shield. It's God's power. You know, we've been talking about faith for like a month now. 
In 1 Peter 1.5, Peter wrote, We, through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter also says to us that we are to stand in the evil day. Uh, would you say this is an evil day? We have to stand in our faith. But God's power is a shield over us. And that's, a, that's a positive thing to take that scripture in 1 Peter 1.5 and believe that God is giving you a shield of faith and it's a shield of power to keep you in this evil day. These scriptures are such a powerful thing to renew our mind and to help us live in sanity and apprehend and hold on to the joy that is ours through Jesus Christ. Again, through faith we are shielded by God's power. When a welder lowers his face shield, he is protected from the harmful ultraviolet radiation that would damage his sight. Just like that guy puts that shield down and begins to weld, you need to put your shield of faith down and look to Jesus and apprehend and receive that peace of God that's going to carry you through whatever you are facing. In 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7, it says that we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We live by our faith in Jesus Christ and the activity of the Holy Spirit that's been given to us by God's power helping us to live out a life of faith and overcoming every circumstance and every opposition. Now, this is the second week. Although I've been talking about faith off and on, uh, I, I spoke one week, and then Dory spoke the next week, and then I spoke about faith again. And I've been changing my titles but I, because I've been coming about by and coming with different aspects of faith. And this is the second week with this tile, by faith. Remember I said last week that by means through the agency or action of faith begins to move in a powerful way in our life. So every time you see the word by faith, it means through the agency or action of faith. There's a great uh, movement that comes in our faith that it's by faith things begin to happen. By faith we exercise actions because we're obeying, obeying and believing in Jesus Christ. And so we're moving in obedience in areas of faith that God is leading us in our life. Or when things are coming at us, we live with our stance in faith that God is going to do something and God is going to move in our behalf. It is the Holy Spirit through our faith that is the worker bee. He's the one that's doing the work and the actions. Jesus set everything up so that at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit could be given to us as believers to live an overcoming life, to live a victorious life, to live a life of faith's actions and, and faith's like steps where there is following action that, that results in that faith. In Proverbs, you know, we all have daily verses. How many of you read devotionals every day and you get a, day, you get a verse? Some of you have apps and you get a verse every day. This should be your daily verse. First, before you add any other verses. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The target of our mind and our heart and our emotions is through our understanding. Again, it was that deception that Satan used to steal us away from God. That somehow Adam and Eve didn't have enough understanding and they needed more. 
and they actually lost the confidence they had in their understanding of who God was and their relationship to Him. And so everything that's going to come against us is going to come against our five senses. It's going to come against our human understanding. And so we have to live with the confidence that I'm not to lean on my understanding. And yes, I know sometimes in your job and the things you have to do, you have to use your understanding. But it's such a natural tool for us to lean on our experiences and what our understanding uh, grows and develops under by what we're experiencing. But as people of God, we have to use our understanding of what God is and not go by feelings and understanding and news that's coming to us because it's going to affect our faith and our connection with God and how we're hearing from Him. The Amplified Bible says, Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your insight or understanding. Again, as much as we can learn because God created us with the ability to learn by experiences, at times we have to really shelve everything we think we understand, especially about spiritual things. We are in a daily, moment-by-moment walking with God. And at any moment, the supernatural, the impossible, God can do. But we have to almost be in that posture of being open and receptive to what God would do in our lives. Our focus has been on faith. The Bible says that faith resides in our heart. In Romans 10, 8 through 10, from the, mess, from the uh, modern English version says, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That's a pretty confident place to come from. Even what happened this morning, we were talking about a singing out to the Lord. So in our heart is faith, and in our heart is the word of God. And it is from this place where we can release faith, release our vocabulary, release words that are positive into our life. This word of faith that we preach, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes. So faith is resident in our heart. That's where, where, where faith resides. It resides inside your heart. That's in your spirit. And from there, we launch it. But it takes your mind, will, and emotions. It takes your soul to allow faith to come up out of your heart. But so often, we live our life from our feelings and emotions and from what's being triggered in our life, the problems. How many times, even in our relationships, we are triggered uh, in the moment by words that we end up saying that we wouldn't even say. Because we're not letting our heart, our spirit, be used by God to let faith and the positive come out of our life. How many times if we would catch ourselves in our relationships would maybe not say the things that we would say because it's going to damage our relationship or cause us to have to apologize later or have this space of time where we're not in fellowship and relationship. So what's going on in our heart is the most important thing. So one with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. In Hebrews 11.3, it says, By faith, or through the action or agency of faith, we understand. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So again, even what we see was not really even created by things that can be seen. It was the almighty power of God in his speaking, creating with his hands, and doing different things supernaturally 
that caused all that we see to be made. By faith, again, that definition of by, meaning through the agency of or action of, faith takes shape and goes into action. By faith, Abel, in Hebrews 11:4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, and through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, he still is speaking. Again, we have that testimony that was so powerful that Abel, by faith, reached in and realized his sacrifice was what God wanted, and his sacrifice, even though he was killed by his brother because of that sacrifice, it was written down in the first scriptures that we would have a reference and understand that his sacrifice was a sacrifice of faith, and God accepted it. And it is our witness of his life that we read today about being in faith and living by faith. By faith, Enoch, our Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So by faith, whatever that first encounter was with Enoch, it so moved upon his spirit, it so changed his emotions, it so changed the priorities of his life, that for 365 days, or years rather, you know, a day for every, a day, it's like, you know, 365 days in a year, 365 years, that's how long every day Enoch, somehow, he went to God. Somehow he built this incredible relationship with God that one day God just said, let's come, just come home and be with me. By faith, by faith, all of us have been invited to the most incredible relationship with the almighty God. And it's by faith that we are connected and even looking past everything that's trying to distract us that we press in to knowing who God is, just like Enoch did. An heir of righteousness. Hebrews 11:7. it says, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, like because it had never rained, Noah moved with godly fear, prepared an ark, which was faith's action, for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. So sometimes we get hung up on our actions and how am I going to please God? Just by simply believing on God. Jesus said the greatest work we could do is to believe on his name. Sometimes we're so beaten up about our lack of faith or our struggles about different things that we're beating ourselves up instead of just saying, thank you, Jesus. I don't understand how things are and I'm not happy with how I feel or things I've done in the past, but I'm looking to you because I stand by faith. My righteousness is because I believe in you. Because I believe you went to the cross when I, before I was born and you died for my sins. Not only my sins, you went and died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. So there's no sins, past, present, or future, held against us. I'm coming to you for my righteousness. That's how we live in this confidence also to walk in faith, that we're righteous before God, and we don't have to cower in any way. We can come boldly and speak to God. We can call on his name. We can ask for help. We can praise and worship. We can thank him for the answers that we haven't seen yet because God is the God who can be approached in faith because we've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. By faith, Abraham. In Hebrews 11:8, by faith, through the agency or action of faith, Abraham obeyed. Again, you know, 
in our society, Christianity is becoming more and more compromised. And under the guise of love, everything's acceptable. But we are called to receive Jesus Christ by faith, the unconditional love that he gives us. But from there, we are to move on. We're to move on and let the righteousness of God take over our life. And that means we're going to change in our behavior and our personality and, who, and, who we've, and how we've done things. That's by letting Jesus be Lord of our life. By obeying like Abraham in those things we take step by step in our life, we come into this relationship with God where we allow him to change us. We allow him to transform our life and to cause us to become the people of character and integrity that he has created and made and cause us to use the gifts, talents, and abilities that he has given us by the Holy Spirit so that we are incredible examples to the world in the body of Christ, in the local church, and we are finding more success, actually find the greatest success we can have. But it will come through faith's tests. It will become because Satan will look at you as a target and you will, he will come after you. But don't get afraid. God has given us every bit of power and ability to resist Satan and to grow and come out of every test that he can throw at us so that we can overcome and be the people God has called us to be. He said Abraham didn't, Abraham didn't know where he was going when he went out. He had to go out toward the unknown. It says in Hebrews 11, 9-10, By faith Abraham dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. You know what faith did for Abraham? Because he's obeying and following God, it caused him to realize that he was a temporal man living in a, in a brief span uh, of time on earth. I think sometimes we forget about this, that we are moving through history, and we are going to pass out of this time. We are going to die. We're going to go into eternity. And if we had that a attitude like he did, that we're, we're only... Um, temporary residence of where we are at. It can encourage our faith and our, and our heart's connection with God to live as he would call, call us to live. It would cause us to be more kingdom-minded than ever before. Our key verse today is Romans 4.3. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You know, it took a whole long time for Abraham in his relationship and his obedience to really keep building that trust with God. And as he was building that trust, it kind of set him up for that faith that was, that was going to come. I think it should be said of all of us, we believed God. At the end of our life, maybe we would even put on our tombstone, our name, believed God. That is the greatest thing we could do is each of us believe God. Just dare to believe God no matter what comes against your senses, no matter what problem comes your way. I believe in you, God. I risk, raise my sights above everything that's trying to diminish my focus of you and who you are. I believe in you, God. Righteousness. In Philippians 3, 8-9, Paul, who had been a Pharisee, living by the works of the law, wrote, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, 
that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, you know, not trying to just be good on our own, trying to obey the Ten Commandments, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness which comes from God by faith. Again, think of us. We are all recipients today of the greatest thing we could ever receive, and that's God's righteousness. Because having God's righteousness puts us right there with God and being able to appropriate what he has for us, being able to get answers to prayer, being able to use the name of Jesus because God made us righteous by the sacrifices of his son, Jesus Christ. This is a scripture that you need to commit to memory too. It's 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him Jesus. Jesus, who had knew no sin, made him to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. By faith, Sarah, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. The power of faith for even Sarah, who was barren, and now at 90 years of age, it, it would almost seem impossible physiologically, that she could be having a child. She's just an old lady, past the age of being able to bear a child. But it said she received strength through her faith to conceive. What do you need to receive from the Lord today? It is your faith that's going to give you the ability to receive from God that which he has promised and what he wants to do. You know, Abraham, at an old, at the age of 99, he was an old guy. And we know he tried to fulfill the promise of God by creating and having an Ishmael. And you know, when you're old, you want to try to fulfill the promises. I feel like I've identified with Abraham so much this last probably year because I'm 67 and there are promises that I felt like God has given about us in this church that I'm thinking, are they gonna happen? I feel a little bit like Abraham. You know, you're getting kind of old. Am I going to see everything that God said he was going to do here? And again, it's a call for me to live by faith also. And we all get to that place where we feel like, is it going to happen? And we want to substitute what God has. You know, we want to help God out. Well, obviously we know Abraham did that. But God had a way of coming through anyway. And it's totally the impossible that has us trusting in God. And watching him come on the scene. Abraham believed God. In Hebrews 11, 12, it says, From one man who was as good as dead, sprang so many, a multitude as the stars of the sky, and innumerable as the sand of the seashore. Again, is there something that seems impossible to you? That you feel like God has promised? Or it's a promise that you felt like you've appropriated from the word of God and you're waiting on? You may be as good as dead with that, as far as that promise is, but God is the one who can do the impossible and make it happen. By faith, Abraham entered a test. I really believe these, these are key times in our church. I really believe we've been going through tests, times of incredible testings in our faith. In Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19, by faith, Abraham when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, 
I want to propose to you, if you're in a faith test about something that God has promised you, that before we focus on that promise, that you would do what we did this morning, that you would begin to offer up worship. In your faith test, begin to just offer up worship. In the place where you're struggling in your mind, wondering what God is doing, begin to just break out in worship. Begin to say, God, I'm worshiping you. And it's okay. Sometimes we're afraid to get tested, but you know what? If you are going through a faith test, God believes in the faith that he's put inside of you, that it's strong enough to take you through the end. But begin to thank God that you're in that faith test. Begin to worship God. God, I don't understand what you're doing. I, I, I want to release to you all my expectations, everything, and I just want to worship you because you're a good God. I thank you for this faith test. I thank you that you so believe in me, believe in the faith that I have, just like Abraham, that you're allowing me to go through this faith test. Then it comes to a place where you surrender, you give back God his, the promises. Abraham had to come to that place again where even though he knew Isaac was going to be the one that was going to open up and bring all his descendants, he had to come to that place where he was going to give back what God had promised. And that's hard for us because sometimes we, in our walk with God, we get so our eyes on the promise that we forget our eyes are always supposed to be on the promiser. And so he does that adjustment in us so that we can get our heart right. It's not like he's wanting to withhold a promise like he's this mean guy. If you don't love me, I'm not going to give you that. No, he just wants us to have always the right priorities because he wants us to keep in his love. He wants us to keep receiving from him because he's a good God and he cares about us. And he wants to move us past this, uh, this item or this faith test into something greater. So he offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whom he had also received in a figurative sense. That is a powerful last line. I tell you, our faith is to grow in such a way because Abraham grew to that place. There was something in him that even as he was taking Isaac up to offer him, there was something in his faith that had already received Isaac back from the dead, like somehow God would have raised him after he sacrificed him. We know the story ends and God had that substitute come in. But in that moment, somehow in Abraham's heart had believed, I'm going to sacrifice my son, but somehow in my faith, I have seen something happen. I've seen the, the power of God, almost like that, that faith in the future when Jesus would be resurrected from the dead. And Abraham walked in that faith. Also, when, when you're in a faith test, none of your five senses are detecting God. Even your spirit can be kind of quiet. Don't let that scare you. Actually, you should draw confidence that I am in such a faith test. You got me. And you should just keep letting the peace of God rule over your life. Faith trusts God because God is the one who gives the promises and who gives the answers. Strong faith in longevity. In Romans 4.19, And Abraham's faith did not weaken even though at 100 years of age he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Strengthened in faith. In Romans 4.20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. That can seem con contrary to what we read out of the scriptures, because we know he did it Ishmael. But even though he did it Ishmael, I'd say Ishmael is part of our old nature, 
part of that which tries to substitute and tries to, tries to do something different. But really, because faith is of the heart, faith is always believing God, even though we have feelings of doubt and feelings of unbelief. Faith is of the heart, and so you are continually believing God. Even though you have lapses, even though you stop worshiping, or you got a little angry, even a little offended with God, your faith is in Jesus Christ, and it's what is growing stronger and stronger every day. Our worship should not be curbed by present circumstances or in the length of time waiting for faith's promise. Deaths to things, losses, disappointments, setbacks, I wished it wasn't so. It seems a lot of death before faith's promise comes on the scene. Again, two messages in the past in this last month, I've asked that question, are you prepared for a faith test? Jesus had to enter a faith test. After baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit, Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan but was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. In one translation, it says that Jesus was drove by the Spirit into waters, and it's the only place in the Bible where it says the Holy Spirit drove. It was so important for Jesus, full of faith, God in the flesh, that his faith be tested. And so he probably went through the worst testings any person will ever go through. Being tempted and tested for 40 days by the devil... Remember, I asked a question in one of those messages, Are you, could you go 12 rounds with the devil? I think Jesus went 112 rounds with the devil. And in those days, it says that Jesus ate nothing, and afterward, when they, the faith test had ended, he was hungry. Oswald Chambers said this, Faith must be tested. I think we all have to hear that. My faith has to be tested. Your faith has to be tested. Because it can be turned into a personal possession only through conflict. Something that you can really own as a Christian, something you need throughout your whole Christian life is your faith. And so it is important, possession. So it must be a quality possession. It must be a strong possession. Especially since it's been given to us from the onset of our new birth and it's going to take us all the way through this life. We must make sure that it is solid and it's going to stand every test that's going to be thrown at us. What is your faith up against? Again, what are you going through right now? Just now, what is your faith up against? The test will either prove that your faith is right or the test will kill your faith. Jesus said, blessed is he Whomsoever who, who shall not be offended in me. The final thing is confidence in Jesus when we've gone through the faith test. In our faith test, it's so often easy to get offended with God. We get offended with people. It's just natural. But when you realize you've become offended with God, all you have to begin to say is like, God, please forgive me. Because Jesus said, Getting offended with God is the hardest thing because it kind of separates us from the, the unity and the fellowship and the answers that are going to come from God. And it's a trick of the enemy to really start separating us in our faith. But all we have to do is say, God, will you forgive me for getting offended? Forgive my eyes off of you for letting the enemy lie to me about you because you haven't changed. 
but circumstances, the way I look at them, tempt to have me say that God has changed and God has changed towards me. In a test, what you have acquired may seem like it's being stolen. When our faith test ends, may we be hungry to use what's just been proven strong, that is our faith. In Luke 4, 14 through 15, when Jesus had returned from his faith test and the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. The advantage of faith's test is the aftermath and its expression. What is going to happen once your faith has been tested and you come out the other side? What kind of powerful thing is God going to do because your faith has gone through the test and has proven very strong? I remember working at the aerospace company and there were so many different programs we worked on. We had the D5, we did the Minuteman, and whenever they did a requalification of a motor, they'd have to fire a few of them to make sure the, the solid rocket propellant is working and to make sure everything's you know, gonna work right before they could remanufacture the motor and sell it to the Air Force. They did a lot of requalifications in 1986 and 87 of the Titan 34D. That's the one that if you were in San Jose and it went off, you thought the world was ending. I remember 1963 as a kid when they did one night firing, I thought Jesus was coming back because in the eastern foothills in Coyote Valley where um, United Technology was, when they lit that thing off, the whole eastern sky lit up and you thought, Jesus has got to be coming back right now. Everything goes through testing. Everything that we buy goes through extensive testing to make sure that when we get it, it's working. The drugs that are, are okay by the FDA have to go through incredibly long years and, years and periods of testing to make sure it is going to do what it's supposed to do. That's why God puts your faith through a test. He wants to make sure it's going to take you through your life. He wants you to be so connected with him and so connected with his love that you're going to make it through whatever comes at you. And I know we, things come at us and we think, like, oh, I don't want to go through this. That's usually how every faith test is. But God knows what he's doing. And God will bring you through that faith test.